Welcome, everybody, to the Kid Casper Podcast. I'm your gracious, beautiful, blessed, beloved, and black host, the kid they call Casper. The KID in Kid Casper stands for King of Development. I'm that menace with the melanin. Reject me as I am as long as he is still relevant. First off, I'd like to say uh, sorry for being late. For some odd reason, my USB cord to my um, focus right wasn't acting correctly, and I had to go and search for another one. I had to, like, you know, jack my printer real quick um to make sure that i was sounding good and everything like that um luckily my guest this evening is very gracious even though she roasted me for like the first like two minutes because of my attire um so church announcements uh had meetings with the aclu today um awkward moment where my stomach growled so loud that couple of people thought that I farted in the meeting room. It was awkward. It was funny. Um, broke the ice towards the end because the meeting was about like three and a half hours. It was ridiculous. I appreciate that, Auntie Maya. I really, really appreciate it because, I mean, I really want to be in a do-rag and sweatpants and just be chilled out and be relaxed, but here we are. Um, so, I think that that's about it for right now. Oh, BIPOC Solidarity episode coming up as number 10 tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. And I think that's about it as far as that goes. And I'm going to drop the intro real quick. All righty. If you are new to the channel today, hello, I'm the kid they call Casper. I'm a Christian raptivist. Yes, rapper slash activist. You know, I love Jesus, but I'm far from a pacifist. I'm a leader of the Interfaith Coalition in the state of Maryland. Let's see, taco enthusiast. Um, there's a couple other things. Somebody else has said I need to add a couple of other things into my moniker. Um, I can't really think of anything else. I'm not really that special. You know, ghostthreads.com, that's how we pay the bills on Titelestai Incorporated, everything like that. And um, that's about it. Oh, um, also, I forgot that part of um, church announcements. Unapologetically, us will be returning this week. Um, you know, just just been some family issues, everything that everybody needed to deal with. But Tyler and, and Alicia are in good health. I know a couple people were hitting us up on side, but everything's good. Anyway, guys, um, I you know the reason I'm here today on this particular day, and you know I shared the links around to everybody is you know it's the month of May. And as my numbers grow up and as my influence grows, um, people have asked me and told me, you know what? We love what you're doing with BIPOC Solidarity. Um, it's super dope and everything like that. But I would love to actually get to know some of the people that you brought on there, especially the Americans of Asian descent that I've had on here. And with it, one being May with um, Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month, also being Mental Health Awareness Month, I thought I could have... I'm just going to call her one of my favorites because she picks on me the less, you know what I'm saying? And she probably stresses me out the least out of everybody else I've met on the internet. Um, this is my sister, um, my from, she resides in California. Apparently, I just found out she was lived in Rochester and she hid that for me for like the three months that we've known each other. But anyway, um, music therapist, 
uh, if I'm not mistaken. I'm sitting there watching her nod her head and make sure I'm getting all this stuff right. Anyway, um, any everybody, we got my Abe um from California. Say hi to us, everybody. Hey everyone, thanks for having me. It's it's Abe. Abe? Yeah. I appreciate you correcting me, man, because <laughs> th there'd be a couple times that people get my name wrong, and I'm like, how did you botch that up? But yeah, <laughs> um, that's what's up. Do you what what is is that is that vegan beer that you got over there? What is that that we got in our hands today? Beer is it's, usually vegan. <laughs> I mean, I, I just figured. Here, I'll show you. Let's see. It's called a straw. It's a strawberry sour ale, and it's by Jack Rabbit. I think they're local. Yeah, Sacramento. Got it. All right, he did. All right, he did. Um, so first off, I wanted to say once again, before everything sounded kind of glitchy and everything like that, I wanted to say thank you for, um, you know, accepting my invitation. I mean, I thought that this would be dope, not only because of requests and everything like that, but also because, you know, we, you and me probably know each other the least out of everybody I've brought on the panels since I've been doing like this series of trying to close in the gap of like, you know, the Asian community and the black community. But I thought that this would be great to just kind of spotlight you. So, you know, I don't know if I ever gave you the chance before, but tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So um, I, my name is Mai. I am Japanese-American. I grew up in Rochester, New York, and um, I've been a board-certified music therapist for the past three years. Yeah, I've been licensed for three years. Um, I started a private practice. It's called Creative Vibes Music Therapy. Uh, we work with mostly um, people with intellectual or developmental disabilities, um, teens and adults in mental health treatment, and um, like older adults and seniors in memory care or assisted living facilities. Got it, got it. And um, if you might, if you want to do this for comedic purposes, uh, how did I meet you or how did you meet me? If you want to give a little background story on that. Oh, yeah. Um, I think you reached out to me. You saw one of my TikToks. I can't remember which one it was, though. Um, and I was like, who is this person? Because <laughs> 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 uh, I get a, a lot of DMs from like random people, especially like random men. So I was like, OK. Oh, yeah. This? <laughs> What's this guy got to say? Um, but I checked you out. You seem pretty legit. So here we are. I think this is our third time uh, chatting. That's what's up. Um, first off, I mean, I was. That, it's funny because I never used to be the one to slide in people's DMs or comment sections like that. But like with what I've been doing as of lately, especially like with this part of like my content and everything like that. Um, I've had to like break out of my introverted shell and I'm just like, hi, would you like to like talk to me and stuff? <laughs> and, um, it's been, it's been super dope. It's been super cool. Minus the fact when you randomly sent me like vegan food at like two o'clock in the morning, East Coast time, by the way, um, around <laughs> here, you were talking, giving me shit for uh, being vegan. So I, I was like, vegan food is not just salad and then i got like all like worked up about it i sent you a bunch of pictures of vegan food <laughs> i was not giving you crap about it i just said i just said that i can't do it there's no way i'm going to like knock it i just know that if somebody puts a steak in front of me yeah that's besides the point though um <laughs> so one of the reasons i wanted to bring you by here today is because you know one love your content i don't know if i actually said that to you before um you. secondly 
you know, I thought this would be good, you know, just to kind of hear your experience, tell your story and everything like that. Um, especially being, you know, there's this misconception and I think that's kind the misconception has definitely been, you know, I think everybody can kind of see it now, especially when it comes to like Americans of Asian descent, that you guys have your own struggles and everything like that. And because of the model minority myth and everything, it makes it seem like you guys don't go through anything. Um, but I thought that this would be good to not so much be like, ah, show told you guys, but it just also allows you to have a space to kind of tell your story. So if you wanted to, um, tell us a little bit about like when I say about yourself, like, you know, your upbringing and everything like that, if you if you feel compelled to. Yeah. So um, I was born in Tokyo and my parents and I moved here when I was really young. So I've basically grown up here and everything. Um, but a lot of my experiences growing up, we lived in like a primarily white neighborhood. I was the only Japanese person in my school. Um, so it was really hard, I think, um, especially when I was younger to really embrace my heritage and embrace who I was because so much of my life has been spent, you know, being uh, that Asian girl, you must be good at math, you must be good at violin, like you must be this, you must be that. And so much of it, um, was so much of myself i feel like has been a reaction to the stereotypes that have been placed upon me um especially when i was younger like oh okay like asian women you think that asian women are bad drivers well i'm gonna be a really good driver you know or like asian women are supposed to be meek and quiet like no i'm gonna be super loud and i'm gonna be really outspoken you are definitely far from meek like okay so <laughs> no so no cap um, so no cap. I thought like, oh, she's like super polite. Not that like, once again, I didn't think like, I don't even know that to be a stereotype. And once again, I'm, it's probably because of my lack of representation in my life. But meek was not exactly the word. And then when I brought you on camera, I was just like, hey, yo, like, <laughs> I love her already. Like, she's popping off. She's just sharing her thoughts. She's bold and unapologetic with it. Um, I think I don't like to put people in a box. And I definitely feel that where it's like when you feel when you hear these stereotypes that you want to go above and beyond to let them know you don't really know me after all. But continue. Go ahead. I just wanted to. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that was definitely definitely something that um, was big for me growing up was I just didn't want to be a stereotype so badly. Um, and even down to like so you know, I'm a musician and I've played music my whole life and even down to the instruments that I would choose to play like I. I purposely chose an instrument that wasn't like a stereotypical Asian instrument just because of that, um, which is really interesting. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I guess that's just been most of my experience. I think as, I think over the past couple of years, um, I'm 27 now. So ever since I was like 24, 25, I've really been trying to explore my own heritage um, and explore, you know, the really unpack how oppression or racism has affected me. Obviously, you know, our experiences are different, um, you know, especially within the black and Asian communities, even within the Asian communities, like there's a huge, just um, huge differences between, you know, Southeast Asians and South Asians experiences versus East Asian experiences. So just trying to learn more and more about that. And um, the more that I've learned about it, the more that I've been trying to speak about, um, you know, what I've learned and my experiences. 
Yeah, I can um I can kind of relate with that because you know me being mixed with like three different shades of brown, I don't necessarily fit in any one of the boxes that like I would say white supremacy tries to shove us into where I'm too black for the Hispanic community, I'm too Hispanic for the black community, I'm too black and Hispanic for the, my Polynesian side. And I think like in just recent, I would I want to say like oh, just to be honest with you. Um, so maybe over like the last year, because these conversations came up. I mean, not so much that I thought you guys were like better off in a sense, but because I don't have the relationships, I don't have the um conversations where we're talking about like the plight that um Americans of Asian descent go through, I just didn't know. So like, you know, I've taken the time to kind of just listen to you guys and everything like that. And the closest, bear with me, uh, the closest I know to like what it's like to be Asian and not be a stereotype is Jeremy Lin, because I'm a Knicks fan, you know what I'm saying? So like, I was just like, oh, this Asian dude that plays basketball goes through racism. But, you know, I one of my favorite basketball players and everything, listening to his story, how, you know, nobody expected him to do what he does, does because, you know, normally, as you just said, like Asians, they normally play an instrument. They do this, that, and the third. He went to Harvard, but he went to Harvard for basketball. You know what I'm saying? So it's, um, it's just kind of funny how that works out. And then, um, I think I asked you this, um, when you came on my podcast the first time was, I didn't even think, like colorism was a thing when it came to Asians. But then again, I've also met Asians that are darker than me. So I'm like, oh, so <laughs> that might, I think there's some um, validity to that. I don't know if you can speak to that at all. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, colorism has like long standing roots in Asian history. Um, like e it's been there even before like white supremacy was a thing, right? Um, mm. What I've known, what I understand about the history of colorism is that um, traditionally you would want to be paler um, because uh, people who were darker tended to be the ones that were working out in the fields, tended to be the ones who, that were um, less economically well off. Um, and in order to you know, continue to uphold uh, the idea of beauty, um, white light skin was considered to be the epitome of beauty and and um economic wealth and you know being privileged um it obviously continues to uphold white supremacist values with that i mean i remember um even my mother um like when i was younger i would always be outside and i was a big tomboy back in the day um and my mom was like you need to wear sunscreen you are getting so dark like it's you need to wear sunscreen it's you do you want to be beautiful or you know you don't want to be dark like that um which is like what what do you mean <laughs> like what's that supposed to mean um but that's like so deeply ingrained in in at least in my experience in asian culture uh, which is so interesting. Um, yeah. And then, um, and actually, I, I, I do know this. Um, so one of my best friends, she, I'm not trying to be funny at all. Like, she does nails and everything like that. She's Vietnamese. And when she told me when she went back home to her home country, basically, um, Nam, you know what I'm saying? Back in Nam, anyway. Um, she told me that, like, it, it she didn't fit the mold to like um asian beauty standards because you know she's 
I don't like to call women fat, okay? So I'm just going to preface this with I don't call women fat. You have fat. That doesn't make you fat. I have eyebrows. I am not eyebrows. But because she doesn't have the certain body shape um, and if her skin's a little too dark, she's considered ugly. And that's so normalized from she said she heard that from like childhood to now she's 25 now. Um, but even that, I found that to be interesting where it's like you guys can't even be built a certain way without being deemed ugly, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, I would say, you know, I can't speak for Vietnamese culture, but I know in Japanese culture, like there is a lot of problems with sexism um, within Japanese culture, just in general. I mean, you see it, mm -hmm. you know, perpetrating. I mean, people go and, you know, they watch anime or like there's all that anime porn. Um, and a lot of it is centered around like, children um and the beauty standard in anime is like centered around children with giant boobs and a giant ass like that's just like the standard of of beauty um and you also have to be like extremely skinny or you know and there's there's so much that goes into it um i i do want to touch on what i what you earlier you were talking about the model minority myth um and i think that that's one of the biggest issues that uh asian americans have currently is that uh people don't listen to the struggles of being asian american because um so many of us believe the model minority myth and i don't blame anybody for believing that because it's been so like constantly thrust upon us that you know oh look at these statistics like asian americans have like the highest income or like asian americans are like putting white people out of schools because they're all in like harvard or something um and asian americans are so successful how can you probably you know be experiencing racism or oppression um and that in itself is so harmful right because we on one hand we have the model minority myth and like oh like you guys are like the ideal minority and on the other hand you also have this like um yellow peril like this perpetual foreignness status where you're never going to belong you're never going to be a true american because you don't look the part um and you're always going to be you know like seen as a as a foreigner um so I think that it's important to touch on the model minority myth in itself is just like so damaging to the Asian American um, experience to Asian Americans speaking up against racism and oppression because we keep being um, invalidated for our experiences, right? Like, oh, it's not that hard. You're Asian, you're the model minority. I remember that um, when you, you were sharing on um, my podcast, uh, I think when we first met, you were saying like how frustrating it is that even when you speak on like what's been happening just over the last year and obviously you when i say like you as a people but like just i mean from like what americans of asian descent have gone through historically like people think just because and social media is capturing this but like we see it all the time now you know what i'm saying but i remember you being really frustrated because you're it seems like you're trying to like cry for attention but you're like no this is actually something in which like i endure and people that look like me endure um and that could be really frustrating and i and a question i have for you i guess this is just and i freestyle all of these i don't like write any of these down but i guess the question i have for you because i know like for instance <clears throat> within the black community there's a stigma like 
oh, if you're depressed, like, what are you depressed about? You got all these things to be happy about. And I tell people because I'm asthmatic. Well, I don't care that there's all this air around. Like, I still have a trouble. I still have trouble breathing. Um, I didn't know if there's anything in which, like, within your community that reinforces that, like, mental health is just something you guys don't talk about. And does that play a part? Or is that a fruit because of the model minority myth, by chance? Um, You know, I think um, there's a few different factors that plays into it. Like one is that, yes, um, Asian cultures tend to um, invalidate mental health, um, tend to invalidate the importance of mental health. Um, and, um, you know, it's kind of like pull yourself up by the bootstraps kind of mentality. Um, and that's one aspect of it. I think another aspect in terms of like Asian American mental health is the lack of access to resources. Um, a lot of Asian Americans, you know, you know, don't, uh, don't have English as their first language. Um, and the lack of access to one therapist who are culturally aware enough to um, understand the differences between, you know, uh, what a collectivist culture might understand, which is like a lot of um, Asian cultures versus what like, you know, an individualistic culture would understand in terms of like Western philosophy. Um, and the differences between um, those two cultures are very few and far in between. And the second is that there's not a lot of therapists that um, can conduct therapy in a language that um, some Asian Americans are comfortable with. Uh, and that's kind of a really big thing. And so much of the research on Asian mental health is so focused on like, oh, like Asian cultures are this and Asian cultures are that. And like, this is why Asian Americans have like struggles with mental health. And like, yes, that's a part of it. Of course, that's a part of it. But are we really looking at the structural issues that prevent people from accessing mental health care in, the, in mm. ways that we need and the ways that we can understand? Gotcha. I I think like I one of my friends put it like this. It's also like this. And, and you know, and this may just be like a cultural thing where it's just like there's so much ass of you guys to like in a way be academically the best to be perfect all the time and i guess in a weird way that like it doesn't allow you a lot of space to have error or be human in a sense i don't know if you could speak to that at all by chance yeah i mean you know i i can't speak for everybody but in my personal experiences like i know that uh my parents really believe in the model minority myth and that's I'm, I'm not saying that they're bad for believing in it, but it's really like, it's one of those things where like, it seems like the only path to success for people who look like me. Um, and it, with that being said, like there's a lot of pressure um, to be like my, my dad, especially was always like, you need to be the best at something. If you're not the best, you are not, they are not going to choose you over somebody else if you are not clearly the best at it. Um, and, you know, I, I pursued music and my dad was like, well, you can pursue music or you can pursue medicine because those are the only two things where they are more objective and not subjective and not based on your appearance and not based on who you are. Um, as if you are the best at playing an instrument, then you are the best. If you are really great at being, you know, a pediatrician, then you can get a job in doing that. But it's not the case for a lot of other um, a lot of other fields. 
Gotcha, gotcha. And I, I see you got a little. I was um, <clears throat> I took the camera off me. I was sitting over here like being nosy. I was like, okay, that's a Yeti. That's a computer. That's a keyboard. All right. <laughs> yeah, I, because I make music. I was like, I was over here. I was like, wait, she got a little bit of. I don't think I saw that last time. I was just, you know, being all up in your room and whatnot. Um, I saw the guitar last time. I was just like, I was, I was like, okay, she got a little something, something going on over there. Let me find okay. out. We'll, we'll have to talk after this. I might let me find out you make beats or something, but that's besides the point. Um, <laughs> but I can see how that can be. <clears throat> it's the it's I don't know how to describe it. I heard somebody say this like this. Um, being too practical doesn't leave a lot of room for imagination, I guess. So I guess I don't know if that makes sense for you, but it may seem like because it has to be so airtight and so practical, it's like, are you allowed to like dream? I don't know if that was ever like an issue for you or anything like that, where it seems like if it didn't fit like in your ways, I think you said with your dad, if it didn't fit his standards, it didn't seem like a reality or something that you could like accomplish, I guess. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, like growing up, my, my dad and I like did not get along. Like we just have like very different personalities, but like also very similar in the worst ways. Um, so it, I remember this instance where I, I was like really obsessed with musical theater for a really long time. And I was like, I'm going to be on Broadway. Like I'm going to be singing and dancing. It's going to be amazing. And this is my dream. And my dad was like, what are you talking about? Like, look, look look on Broadway, do you see anybody that looks like you? Like, that's not mm. possible. Like, you you gotta be realistic. Like, you can dream, but you, I was like, I think I was like maybe 14 around that time. He was like, you are 14 years old. Like, you are going to college in like three or four years. Like, you, you can't be just dreaming like this. Like, dreams are not accessible for people who look like you, um, mm. which was like a harsh thing to say, but like also like a reality for a lot of people. Um, a lot of minorities, like it's things like that uh, are possible. I'm not saying that they're impossible because of course there are people that can do that, but it's gonna be, you are gonna have a lot more barriers to getting to that point than maybe some other people might. And then not even that, if you ever actually like make it in these spaces, like your accomplishment is going to be discount because they're gonna be like, oh, well they just needed diversity right. or representation, but they don't know that while you're trying to walk into these rooms, yes, the door can open for you, but somebody's even standing in the door from stopping you to even get in these rooms. Right, exactly. Gotcha, gotcha. Musical theater. So I used to play Pit back I in high school. Mm -hmm. Oh, you got so excited. Um, yeah. So I used to play. <laughs> so I used to play Pit back in high school. Um, one of the hardest pieces I ever did was i think it was west side story if i'm not mistaken yeah. that in my opinion is like the hardest like score to do oh yeah this uh, oh yeah nine eight still gives me anxiety to this day but that, <laughs> but um it's funny it's even kind of funny about that because i it's funny as you were just saying like nobody looks like you but then we saw like west side story they had no problem putting a white girl as a puerto rican in those doggone right. oh exactly and like that's the case you know with opera like um or even um madam butterfly have you heard of that opera before yes 
when I yes. tell you I'm a nerd, I'm a nerd. Like, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> together. But I, I traditionally, like that opera has, it's about, you know, a Japanese geisha. Um, and it's always been played by a white white person. Like that doesn't make it, I mean, when we see it in, in movies, we see it in media. I mean, like The Last Samurai, like I know it's supposed to be about a white guy that's, that's samurai, but like, why are we focusing on this white guy that's a samurai, right? Or um, the when Scarlett Johansson was cast as, um, I forget the movie, but was cast. It as was. Asian we person. don't. We yeah. We don't. I think it was Ghost in the Shell. We don't talk about that. We don't. <laughs> I never watched this. I don't know too much about it. But well, you're not really missing much. It yeah. It it was like it was like when I went to go see the last. That movie was awful, by the way. The last Airbender. Oh my god. Um. But it was like when I saw that and like all the and what I just found out that this is a slur, but all the people that were typically supposed to be Native Americans were all white. Um, Ang was a white kid. And then even how colorism plays in that movie, because the Fire Nation were all Middle Easterns. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That they thought they were yeah. slick with that. <laughs> no, it's, so, it's so interesting, too, because like. This is like the issue with like Asian American um, like civil rights movements is that like so a little bit of background. So Asian American, the term was coined in the 60s. It was actually um, inspired by the Black Power movement and Asian American was meant to unite um, people of Asian descent um in our struggles in our in the oppression and the racism that we face but nowadays the issue being with term american is that the, it's it's just like it's so diverse right like my experience as an east asian person with socioeconomic with economic privilege like my parents are upper middle class um is vastly different from somebody who um, whose parents were refugees from Cambodia or Laos or, or um, Vietnam or from people who are Indian or from people who are like, um, like, uh, what is it? Or you know what I mean, but from people who are India, like those three categories are like vastly different experiences. Um, and and there's that's those aren't the only three categories. There's so many other different experiences that we experience. And so I mean, like the colorism within that, like you can see within like East Asian cultures, like you see on TikTok, the people who are really like big on TikTok speaking up Asian American issues tend to be East Asian creators and tend to be lighter skinned. Um, and so the like that just continues to pervade and and divide even just within the Asian American community. Yeah, and it's also like, and I always tell people when they're like, well, they're Asian. I'm like, well, I need you to break that down for me because India is in Asia. Like when people tell me that somebody, that's why I like to, I'm still, like I just recently learned what part of Africa my people are from because Egypt is in Africa. So I need people to like <laughs> take the time to really, and, and I don't think people really, as you just said, and it might sound ridiculous for, you know, the white people that are watching this and are going to watch this in the future. Um, it's important to know where you come from, because I always tell people, if you see people for what they come from, you know what they might have had to deal with. And if you know what they've been through, you might be able to help them get through whatever they've been through, whether it's like traumatic experiences um, if they're trying to break, um, you know, generational curses because cultural, you know, bondages that keep them in place and everything like that. And I think that is super, super important. Um, that's why, like, for me, 
even though I'm still like learning as it is, I'm like, okay, you're this Asian. Where is that at? If you don't mind telling me, because I want to be a, like it, it's the it's me as I go by Mr. Lee with love on um on social media and everything like that. It's just knowing getting to know people better because I always tell people if we know better, we can grow better. You know what I'm saying? And that's I think a lot of times when there's anonymity involved, people use that as a reason to like stay away or like oh, we're scared of them folk or, or everything like that. But yeah, I think that's super, super important for sure. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, for sure. So the, one of the things that uh, I wanted to bring you on here for is, <clears throat> so we talked a little bit about like, you know, you coming up, you apparently was in the pit. What, I'm gonna ask real quick, just because, and this is my podcast. So were you in marching band by chance? Like I need to like scale. <laughs> no, we didn't have marching band. What? Um, yeah, we didn't have a marching band. Oh my god! Why? <laughs> uh, um, my band teacher. We were like really good friends, but he just was like, "Marching band is lame. It's just lame. We're not." Wow. <laughs> so do you think? So do you think marching band is lame? Because I was in marching band. I just need to. No, I think it's pretty cool. Um, not like something that I necessarily would want to do, and I, I just, I just didn't want to, um, like practice and like have practices all the time like that um which is fair <laughs> um but i was in i did like i was in chorus i was in orchestra i did all the musicals i yeah i just did everything in the music department whatever whatever was happening alto or soprano <laughs> um i'm actually a, uh i would say i'm more of a mezzo um, okay all right all right i did some alto parts but yeah i'm more of a mezzo all right, all right. I'm just being nosy, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just taking taking my time and everything like that. So, okay. So, you completely judge me for being in marching band. If you were in marching band, though, what I instrument would you have played? I judge you. I just I said, know, man. You, said, you said I look like a you said I looked like a turtle when we first hopped in here because in of my turtleneck. So, <laughs> in the best way possible. We love turtles in this house. <laughs> Hey yo, okay, whatever. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna let that slide this time. But um, okay, so um, all right, so musician growing up and everything like that, and wanting to be on Broadway. Um, that's interesting, and I guess like the one reasons I wanted to bring you here is to kind of talk about, which is really important, and you can take your time on this and everything like that, but. Not so much even just over the last year, because I don't want to invalidate your experience by just telling you, okay, I want you to only tell me about what you went through last year as an Asian. Because I don't, once again, it. I think there's more to your experience than just that. But like, what type of things was it that, I guess like growing up, not just so much to like the boxes that they put you in where they're like, oh, it's got to be practical or it's not reality, um, whether it's beauty standards and everything like that. Um, tell me a little bit about, I guess like some of the things that may have added, if you do have any insecurities, I mean, you seem pretty confident to me for the most part, but I'm not going to assume, you know what I'm saying? Um, but tell me a little bit about like the damaging things in which, and you can speak for yourself as an individual. Cause just like, I think the black experience is not a monolithic experience. Um, but like, what is it like for you being an American of Japanese descent growing up? Like what things that, you had to like deal with i guess growing up yeah um i mean there's 
there is a lot, right? There's a lot of microaggressions. Um, mm -hmm. Just people, again, like people assuming that they know me or assuming that they know what type of person I am just based on my looks. And then I, I remember like, well, this is one of the big things for me growing up was like, I was just like so weirdly proud of like surprising people. Um, because I was like, oh, I'm I'm not like the other girls, <laughs> you know. Um, but and it's and that's just so interesting because like that's again like part of you know internalized racism, right? Is that you are so and that you are so wanting to be not what people think you are that you um, turn away from who you are. I mean, I am Asian. That's who I am. Um, but I'm not, you know, the stereotypes of being Asian. Um, and I know growing up, like, I remember this, like, I still feel so bad about this growing up, like now, but I think I was about like seven or eight. And my mom would like pack me like little cute bento boxes and like, like put a lot of effort into my lunches. And like one day, okay, so for those that don't know what those are, um, break that down for break that down for me. What you said, pinto boxes? Bento boxes. So bento. I, I mean, I'm sure you've seen those at like Japanese restaurants, but basically they're not going like, to assume. I need hey, I need you to educate. I need you to educate the folk. Take your time, sis. You got it. <laughs> I mean, it's just a traditional Japanese lunch. Um, you um, like really boxes have different sections for different things so you'll usually have like rice you know maybe a protein some veggies um and like little like pickled vegetables or something in it um and my mom would pack those for me for school um and i remember one day i came home and the kids at school like made fun of me they're like your food smells weird like what is up with that you can't sit with us um, and I cried and I went home to my mom and I was like, you can only pack me sandwiches now. I'm not going to eat anything that you're packing me unless it's a sandwich. Um, and it's just like, those are like, just like really common experiences of a lot of Asian Americans too. Um, another example, you know, just like people saying like ching chong to me or, um, or especially like as I grew older, um, and I started like going out and like meeting people and like going to bars, like just like a lot of like fetishization, a lot of, um, like, oh, you're Japanese, konnichiwa, like, oh, stop, please, like, stop, <laughs> you know? Um, Why do people, never mind, keep going, Just, I'll try to not make faces over here. Um, And it, 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 and then there's, like, the thing of, like, growing up in a primarily white neighborhood where, like, the beauty standard and like, the people who are popular are, of course, going to be white because it's a white neighborhood. Um, and then just feeling, internalizing that, right? Like, internalizing, oh, it's because I'm different. It's because I'm not beautiful. It's because, like, I'm not who I am or, like, I'm not good enough. Um, and it's, I think it's hard. I don't want to say like, it's like really hard, but like, it's definitely hard um, growing up in that kind of environment as a minority, because so much of what you're exposed to is like a westernized view. It's like a very white centric view, Eurocentric view. So when you are left out of that conversation, like, 
especially like when you were young, like what are you supposed to think? Like I didn't have the kind of self-awareness um, when I was like seven or eight to be like, okay, so this is just, this is just like whiteness at its prime. Like this is not about me. Uh, when, when you're that age, you're going to internalize that. You're going to be like, okay, so it's because I'm not pretty. It's because I'm, I'm Asian. And so that must mean that I'm bad. Um, so there's a lot of that for me personally growing up that I had to really, you know, unpack and and revisit and rethink um, because of of this Eurocentric view that was uh, pushed up on me. And uh, I don't know if you can kind of relate to this. So like for me, um, growing up in my blackness, um, I'm not conventional. I'm just like you. Um, I have a bar in my album that says, um, you know, don't put me in a box unless you fit me for a casket. Just because when I was younger, I used to hate, oh, you talk too white. You talk too white. Or you're, you, you're not black enough over here. This is that and the third. And for me, um, I got to a point where I started like denouncing my blackness. Um, for me, <clears throat> it was easier than... And it, I would just assimilate to like any other things I was mixed with, um, any other shade of brown other than my blackness. Um, a lot of that caused a lot of self hatred for me until like my early twenties and everything like that. And so there was something that like my grandma told me growing up. Um, she was talking to me about a barrel of laughs. I don't know if you know what a barrel of laughs are by chance. Yes, no. Yes. Okay, well, let me let me educate you a little bit. You know, you could make a series out of this if you wanted to make a TikTok out of this. But um, so barrel of laughs is something that they used to have on the plantation, and they even after slavery they would have it scattered around town because they didn't like black people to express themselves, express emotion, and stuff like that. It would make white people uncomfortable. You know what I'm saying? You know, white fragility threatens black stability. I say that all the time, but um, yeah. Um, but you know, so black people used to literally on the plantation and then after slavery, they literally used to have to shove their head in a barrel and they sometimes were, did not have water in it. So you would literally have to like shove your head in a barrel so you could literally laugh. Um, if you were on a plantation and you were like, you know, if you were too loud in the, in the hut, I don't know what the hell to call them things where they held Negroes. I don't know. But, but so then as time goes on you know once again like we're in town we're not allowed to laugh around white folk it makes them nervous we're not allowed to cry around white folk it makes them nervous so we literally would have to shove our heads in a barrel you then you could take that into like code switching you assimilate to white supremacy in a sense and you start like denouncing yourself like for me i didn't break out of that until like my early 20s yeah um i don't know if you and i'm asking that because like kit did you ever feel like maybe these things would be easier did you have any identity issues as a, um as a japanese american um feeling like okay maybe if i just stop being asian you know what i'm saying um or stop acting like this stop doing things traditionally i won't feel this way about myself yes a hundred percent and actually you brought up a few interesting points that i want to highlight right now is like one is assimilation to whiteness and assimilation to whiteness for minorities is partially um a coping strategy it's it's a way of 
maintaining safety, um, mm. especially if you grow up in a majority white neighborhood, like you have to assimilate, you have to, you know, um, I, I, I guess appeal to whiteness in a sense, because otherwise it's not safe. Um, and then going along with that, then you have the issues of like, oh, you're not Asian enough, you're whitewashed, or oh, you're too Asian, you're not white. Um, and then the the problems with like, well, okay, like, like what am I? <laughs> like, what do you mean? Um, like, I'm obviously Asian. Like, I like, what do you mean? I'm too whitewashed. Um, and and I, I get comments that um. And it, and those are the most frustrating comments that are, come from my own community that are like, you can't speak on your issues, like you're dating a white man, um, like you can't speak on these. You grew up in a white neighborhood, like yeah. Of we'll um, talk. Yeah. We'll talk. I'll have an interesting nugget about that now that you said that, but we'll talk about that later. Not saying don't talk about your white boyfriend, but um, continue, yeah. continue. <laughs> but like, it's like okay, like one, um. Assimilation to whiteness is a coping tactic. Two, um, I am speaking about Asian issues. Like, uh, clearly, I am self-aware enough to understand if I am playing into white supremacy in a harmful way. Um, and this is like this is a whole this is actually this is like a totally different topic altogether. But like the issue with like. Um, the patriarchy right um and that's something that um minority men or men of color do not experience um and there's a lot of invalidation of women of color for their experiences not only as a minority but also as a woman um that a lot of men of color tend to forget about yeah because um i talked about this um you might remember i had her on the podcast before um jordan simone on TikTok, and this misconception that like like for instance like i'm a i'm a black man but i'm a man i know i benefit from the patriarchy you know what i'm saying and a lot of people think like well I'll, I'll speak like i said i'll speak from just from conversations i had but there's this misconception that like for instance that oh we don't benefit from the patriarchy that's only for white men it's like you do realize that black men got rights before white women did right like that right, exactly. that's a thing <laughs> but exactly. and also um, also this is your experience this is this is like you're you're in my therapy session so whatever you technically want to talk about in in how it ties into your experience you're welcome to it don't worry about it being off topic because I do randomness on here all the time, as you've noticed. But, but yeah, you're good. You're good <laughs> with your vegan beer. Go ahead with your vegan beer. <laughs> beer is vegan. <laughs> like, I'm just talking. Do you understand that you texted me at like two? You messaged me at two o'clock in the morning, and I was like, "What is this? Like, what? What the hell is it's this?" Like, I put together a whole album for you. Appreciate that. <laughs> hey yo i was like i was like shorty and i'm sitting like i'm like it's three o'clock in my time no it was late late i was like come on now it was, like, mid it was like midnight my time it was late. <laughs> yeah selfish but anyway but <laughs> I, for I forgot what we was talking see what i'm saying randomness vegan beer okay, it happens um men of color who benefit from the patriarchy who invalidate women of color for their experiences yeah, exactly. So if you wanted to, and I don't, matter of fact, 
I'm just gonna let you continue. Like I said, this is this is you just speaking out of your experience. But go ahead, my sister. Well, I, I think I said what I wanted to say is that basically, um, men of color, while yes, you experience racism, you experience oppression, and that's that's not okay. Um, you forget that you still benefit. I'm not saying you as in like you personally, but like forget that they benefit from the patriarchy still, not only within, you know, this white structure that we live in, but also within our individual communities. Um, and that's a big problem. And I think that that's a big problem that men of color tend to have um, because like I see so many amazing like Asian uh, femme creators on on TikTok who are doxxed, who are harassed, who get rape threats, who get death threats solely because they're speaking out about their experiences and calling out um, sexism within our communities. Um, and sexism and racism are not mutually exclusive. Like they can happen at the same time. Like you can be a sexist and still experience oppression as, as a black man or as an Asian man. You better talk. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. You're look, you're look, you're good. I, the reason I brought you up here, I was like, you know what? She, I'm tired of getting these little 60 second clips and I don't got time to watch you chill in your RV drinking beer your <laughs> vegan beer with your boyfriend. So I was like, hey, I need to just get her on here and just <laughs> talk her talk. But I think that is I think that's the scary thing is like even like, for instance, and I think in, you know, I think we both know in us being, you know, self-aware of like the climate in both our communities. It, I think what like sometimes that the privileged don't understand, and we can equate this to racism. We think because, and I hate when they say this, and it wasn't until a woman told me this, no cap, like earlier this year. It's not like I had an issue with it, but like the whole not all men thing. You know what I'm saying? Um, I didn't really get the term ACAB until somebody hit me with that not all men logic they were saying like they were like well let me ask you something when you're talking about this issue of like police brutality you know me being an activist in the streets you don't want people going like well there's still good cops over here it's like that does not invalidate what i go through as a, a person of color so why would you talk to women like that? You know what I'm saying? And when they said it to me like that, it's not that, like I said, not even so much I had a problem with it, but it challenged me and it opened my eyes to it. I'm just like, wow. Like, so now I'm like, I don't really have a problem with people say a cab. I don't say it. Um, but when people say it, I don't cringe as much. Um, but it was funny that like somebody used that they use sexism or they use misogyny to kind of understand like that structure for me. But yeah, I think that's what, I think that's like the big issue is, and you probably get this as well. You probably you do get this because you're a double minority. You're not only uh, you're not only a person of color, but you are a woman of color. But like, people forget sometimes that like, you got to go through twice the hurdles because yeah, you experience racism, but you experience misogyny on. An amplified level you experience um you know just sexist comics comments and not to say like men don't deal with um you know sexual harassment um the threats that you receive or anything like that but which is primarily committed 
by other men. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. But 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 what I'm saying is like, but what I'm saying is is that it's not. And if you have a problem with this, um, because we live in this society where rape culture is normalized, mm-hmm. and because men have been taught this way for so long that mm-hmm. they don't see an issue with it. But then right. you're over here like the fact that it's called rape culture <laughs> in itself it's is the issue. It's you know what I'm saying? Like, and this is another thing too, is that especially as an Asian woman, um, and fetishization is such an issue for, for us. Um, and people are like, you should be, you should be like, why are you upset about that? Like people want to fuck you all the time. Like, why is that an issue? Like you are desirable. I I get this a lot from Asian (laughs) men. I'm sorry, no, 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 you're fine. It's just that I could just tell, like, my mom's about to text me in, like, three seconds because she moderates my Facebook page, then, okay. which is a streamer. She's just like, she's going to tell me I like her. Tell her if she ever comes to Maryland, she could swim in our pool. I'm like, <laughs> I could just I could just hear. She she loves when women just speak their mind or fiery. So I'm just like, I already know my mom's over there smiling <laughs> in, the, in her living room drinking wine. But go ahead, my sister. You're good. You're good. <laughs> no, but it's just like, and that's what's so frustrating about it um, for, in my personal experiences is that, you know, we talk about sexism and then, and then, and it's a lot, I get this a lot from Asian men. Um, you, you should be happy. Like we are desexualized. Like people don't want us. Like people want you and you're just over here, you know, upholding white supremacy and always dating white men. Like, like you are what's wrong. And like, no, fetishization is not a compliment. It's actually, it's extremely dangerous. And it's, it's implying that you are an object, a sexual object for someone else's sexual desires. Like I'm not a human. If I'm a fetish, I'm a fetish. That's an object. Um, and I'm human first. Um, and my sexuality, my sexual nature is a part of who I am, but that does not define me. Um, that's not all of who I am. I have a lot of, I am a multifaceted human being. I got a lot of things going on in my life. You are. And why, that's why you're one of my favorite humans. Because like, I'm like, yo, she is a music therapist. She talks her talk. She drinks her vegan beer. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got a lot going on and everything. And I think like, and I can relate to this, not about the woman part, obviously. I mean, if I'm, if I probably need to go to the doctor and check my pipes out if that's the case. But, um, <laughs> but for instance, like what I went through last summer with like the protests and stuff, I'm like crying, like my makeup's running, you know what I'm saying? Snotting, crying. And then like white women are coming up to me. Oh, oh, black. Oh, you, you damaged black man. I want to just love you. And just, I'm like, it'll get up off of me. Like, please. I, and then like, and, and, but, but, but men will tell me, they're like, yo, Yo, you got it. You got to go for that. What do you, what is wrong with you? Are you like gay or something? I'm like, no, I'm like, nigga, that's not flattering at all. Like, no, I'm not- that's like such a, the, the idea that the fact that someone desires you sexually is a compliment is, is a huge problem. Um, mm-hmm. as like, like <laughs> that's so dehumanizing, right? Like it, like, I don't like, like, sure. Like, occasionally like when i had a hope phase like yeah if you wanted to just have sex with me that's cool i just want to have sex with you but like that's a consenting 
like a consensual thing, right? Like I was. You know what? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, system. I there's somebody sleeping in the back of the church. I need you to say that part one more. Not that you're not. I'm not gonna call you a hoe. You're a human being. But <laughs> the consent part. That, there's somebody wiping crust out of their eyes in the back of the church. You mind saying the consensual part one more time, please? If somebody only wants to desire me um, for a sexual relationship, that's okay as long as I am consenting in that. And there are times where I consent to that, and there are times where I do not consent to that. I do not consent to being sexualized 100% of the time. Like, And you, you will know. I will let you know when I want that, but that is not the case the majority of the time that people come up to me. Yeah, I, I definitely get that, like I said, and I think it's, and you know what, you could probably attest to this because we talked about this in length on the episode, the second one I had you on, when we were oh. talking about like the Atlanta shooting, it seems like when they're, I mean, you know, you probably seen this, if not for like what happens to like my community, but like with you guys and like we see this all the other time when you guys are being brutalized, they always want to humanize the assailant and then dehumanize or just straight up demonize like the victims. Like yeah, to like, me, oh, and I'm not right. Like, oh, they were, they were, they were sex workers. So like they basically suggesting like they deserved it. Nobody has any evidence that they were sex workers, first of all, but clearly the media and, and the person that committed that crime like had this idea, this stereotype that Asian women who work in massage salons are sex workers and therefore are deserving of this type of treatment. And like the thing that like, it, it makes me mad when people say stuff like that is like, and this is important when we're talking like mental health, for instance, like for instance, like, okay, so I have bipolar two disorder. Um, I knew I was depressed by five. You know what I'm saying? Like I learned about Emmett Till at five and that pretty much ruined my life. Um, <laughs> but I, I go through all these things and regardless if I'm having an episode or I'm having a bad day, that does not excuse for me to act like a jackass, you know what I'm saying? No, and, and I feel you like will get demonized as a black man, you are going to be the one that's demonized in those situations, and that's what's not fair about it. It's like every time a white man, you know, commits a crime, kills, you know, people, kills a lot of people, they are seen as a lone wolf. They are just like, oh, he was just having a mental health day. He was just having a bad day. He's just a lone wolf. This isn't a pattern. When it is a pattern. Like, why are the majority of school shooters white men? <laughs> why are the majority of mass shooters white men? This is a pattern. You try to get me fired up. Look here. Um, I'm just going to text. So I'm just going to tell. I'll tell my mom, hey, my and her boyfriend are allowed over the house to swim in the pool, by the way. Cause <laughs> I, say this, I say this all the time. I'm like, yo, you never see people that look like. Like, Maya, I have to send you the article, yo. Like, there was literally... Like something just happened like a couple days ago. Um, not even a couple days ago, like literally, was it Monday? No, it was yesterday. Somebody drove a car through the police station around the corner from my house. It was a white dude. It was after he threatened the cops. <laughs> he said, I'm going to kill you. I don't know if he said it just like that. In my head, he sounded like that. And <laughs> after he did that. <laughs> but after he did that, he drove his freaking car like Medea in the Tyler Perry movie. Through a police station. They tased them afterwards. Yeah. Kyle Rittenhouse got a burger. 
<laughs> no, that was Dylan Roof. Oh, Dylan Kyle Roof. Kyle Rittenhouse got bailed. <laughs> all the same thing, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Have it your way, little Dylan. Kyle Rittenhouse got bailed. There's a difference. But yeah, you know, it just, uh, it's just like, and, and like you see this with like Muslim Americans too. If a Muslim American, you know, commits a crime, oh, they're a terrorist. We got to ban all the Muslims for our safety. Well, we should ban some white men. Should ban white men because I don't feel safe around around you. <laughs> hey, yo. Oh, my goodness. Somebody's going to. My, my sister is the moderator in YouTube. My, in case somebody hopping here getting stupid, we're just, we're kidding, not kidding at all. Um, But, <laughs> but I want to circle back to. I want to circle back to like the Atlanta shooting, for instance, because I remember if I think if I remember correctly, this happened on a Tuesday night. And I think I messaged you, though you're all the way across the country. You know what I'm saying? Um, I've noticed that like I do this wellness check every once in a while. Like I do a wellness check, especially if something crazy happens. Like, for instance, um, actually, we'll talk about that later. But like every time something happens and it impacts a certain community, um, I just want to do a wellness check and everything. And I remember, I think it was like, <laughs> I felt so bad. I was like, wait, I don't want to be weird. But I'm like, wait a minute. She hit me up at three o'clock in the morning about vegan food. I'm going to ask her how she's doing. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> but I remember like when that happened. And then I was like, I feel like we need to talk about this. You know what I'm saying? And I think like the issue is going back to like the whole humanizing the assailant, but demonizing the victims. And my i'm not i'm not i don't believe in stereotypes and i'm just saying well, let's i'll play devil's advocate for 2.5 seconds even if those women were doing something that doesn't mean they deserve to die you know what i'm saying like even it, it, if, even if ahead. they were sex workers right um like that doesn't mean that they deserve to die and this is a this is another issue but like we really should be decriminalizing sex work because it's not safe right now and it's not going to stop any constant demand for sex i mean we see this we see this in media we see this in social media like sex is a commodity sex sells and sex work is not going to stop just because you criminalize it it's only going to hurt the sex workers and not the people who are engaging in sex work. I mean, I'm celibate, so I don't really have a dog in this fight, to be honest with you. Um, but I just think in a lot of ways, and I always tell people, and I think you remember this saying, and this this got me grilled, but just know I ride for my ladies. Um, I always tell people we don't have a right to tell a woman what to do with her body Mm -hmm. Sex, se sexuality. Um, I don't know. They wanted to get a piercing on like their upper lip or some craziness. Whatever they want to do, that that's up to you. What you eat don't make me poop. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I feel like what's dangerous in this man's world when we tell a woman what they can do with their body, we tell them that they don't own it. So like, I'm all for that. Meaning like, look, I'm I don't want nobody tag bagging and tagging me, telling me what to do and everything like that. Um. And I feel like the fact that we even have the the gall to say that, it lets us know that there is an issue, if that makes sense. Like, the fact that I even have the the balls to say, well, you can't do that. What makes me think I'm allowed to tell you that? You know what I'm saying? 
Um, so I agree. Like I said, me being celibate, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? I'm on Christian Mingle. Um, I'm, I'm even though there's a lot of Trump supporters on there, that's besides the point. But I definitely agree with you there because it's just like it's when it goes back to that whole like dehumanizing thing because and like I really wanted to touch on this and I wanted to get your opinion on this is like a lot of people wanted to focus on and even if so that man drove past like eight different like spas to get to that yeah. get to that spot you know what I'm saying um so they were targeted you know what I mean and and I think it was like two weeks ago um I think it's the district attorney they just upped it to a hate crime they're seeking the death penalty um i don't know if you knew that by chance but no i didn't know that I, but that's good um you said that's good <laughs> um but i guess like because we don't really talk much and this is you're just kind of picking your brain a little bit how did that specific like case impact you personally as a woman of asian descent japanese descent um, I want to be specific, you know what I'm saying? Because Indians are Asian too. Um, but how did that event impact you personally? Well, I just like, I was like, I fucking told you. I I, I said it. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry for swearing. But like, I-, I, yeah, I Look, look, look here. I, I told you, I told you off rip. Um, You need to smoke a blizzy, smoke a blizzy. You need to drink a <laughs> vegan beer. Do it what you need to do. Just don't get naked. That's all I ask. You need naked. to cuss, girl. I've been saying this for so long. Like, it's just like, it was like, I, I saw this coming. Like, I can't believe y'all didn't see this coming. Like I've been talking about it. Um, but also like, it, it just like breaks my heart. Like I cried. I did cry. It was like so heartbreaking because like those women could have been my mother. Those women could have been me. Those women could have been, you know, just like anybody like me. Um, and that's what's so scary about it. You know, like, like I called my mom the day after I was like, you really need to protect yourself. Like she lives in Texas, but I was like, I mean, I know you don't go out or anything and I know you don't really like leave the house a ton, but like you really gotta protect yourself. Like it is not safe out there. And I'm sure you understand this as a, as a black man, like how scary that is to understand that like the people who are supposed to protect you are not there to protect you. They're there to protect the status quo. Um, and that's a really terrifying thing that like I really had to come to terms with. Um, and with like some of the women, they had kids, they were like, just like 17, they were 15, they are alone, like that just like breaks my heart. Um, and on top of that, where people were invalidating the Asian American community saying, oh, it's not mine. You're just having a bad day. Like, oh, it's, it's not what you think it is. It's, it's so uh, frustrating. Yeah, because in a sense, it's... Like I always tell people, intent doesn't negate hurt. Like they're still twice as dead at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? Oh. Um, and <clears throat> I think like what ends up happening is we hear more about the assailant story than we do like these women. Like for instance, I didn't, I mean, I didn't know they had kids. Like you're just now telling me this. That's a sad <laughs> thing. The fact that I know what church this boy went to you know what I'm saying? I know what church he went to. I know his parents were the ones that turned him in. Um, <clears throat> all these things. 
but they don't focus on the victims. Why? Because they they painted you guys to be the not not you guys, but the people that were afflicted, the victims in this, they painted them as the bad guys. It's like, well, he was just liberating himself of his sexual demons. I'm like, well, he needs to get off the of Pornhub. That's what I think, but that's besides the point. Um, like, and his mom needs to take his lotion from him once again. Just <laughs> ew. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't bite my tongue on here. Um, <laughs> but I just think that was so disappointing. Um, and even now I'm trying not to get emotional, but like, I relate to that. I relate to that so much though, because like, even like, for instance, like when people like, when they brutalize people that look like me, they spend so much time trying to paint the person that is dead. That can't even share the story. They deserved it. And that Mm -hmm. is what's fucked up about it. They, the, it's like so much of the stories that we hear about police brutality, about this hate crime, they paint it so that people think that they deserved it. And nobody, nobody deserves to die. I mean, look at like Micaiah Bryant, right? Like the fact that people like, even within the black community, even within the Asian community, that so many people are like, well, she was about to stab somebody. So she like probably deserved that. Like, no, nobody deserves to die. There were so many other options, so many other options. And look at the structural issues that like led to that. Look at the foster care system. Look at how we're breaking up families within the foster care system. Even families that uh, look at poverty. It's just like, so like, so I, I just I don't even have words for it. Um, it's uh, a lot of people. Hmm, they always look at the end result, I always say. But there's so much nuance that like it, that plays into part of that. Um, I got in an argument with somebody the other day. Matter of fact, I might even ask you your thoughts on this, um, but we'll get into that a little later. Um, but it's it's the fact that like they're willing to do that <clears throat> it's like you have even lamented the fact that somebody's child is gone not they 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 made her a lot older than she was talking about makai bryant you know what i'm saying they made her like they made it out like she was like 20 years old they're like well look how big she is and i just said like you know i mean i'm the exception to the rule but like i have a cousin that was 200 pounds and he was 12 as a Samoan, you know what I'm saying? A child, a child. Like, that's not okay. Like, I I looked at the video, I watched all the footage, like, I really, like, and it's just, like, so shocking. And this is, like, again, like, um, I heard Jordan talking about this, but, like, she was talking about how frustrating it is that the Black men in, in the community are not supporting black women within this because as she's saying like so many of them are saying like oh she deserved it she deserved it and like no there are so many other options she called the police like like i think not only that day but previously um and if they had done something about it before then this would not have happened um and it is frustrating and that like kind of goes into the patriarchy and um how men, men of color benefit from the patriarchy and that the women are just left behind. No doubt. No doubt, man, for sure. And um, it's just sad. It's like, <clears throat> I do everything in my efforts, but this is why I don't mind. Like, 
I, I have these, I, I don't know how to say this, and hopefully you don't take this the wrong way. Um, I have a lot of these conversations off camera because I don't want it to seem performance based, but I got no problem checking somebody if they tripping. You know what I'm saying? You, if you are a cis dude or trans dude, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you like this ain't cool. Um, but I'm, I'd much rather amplify you guys. You know what I'm saying? Where it's like, look, um, I could tell you all day, but you need to hear and you need to listen to the pain in like these women's voices because this is a problem. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and we can't. And like, sorry, go ahead. I was just saying, like, I always say, um, especially when I'm talking to like brothers in my community, is like, you know, we can't tell the white man to get their knee off our neck if we're not willing to take our knees off our sisters' necks. You know what I'm saying? And it, it goes back to like, it, it's all about like intersectionality. Inter I don't know if I even said that right. English is not my first language, by the way. Um, but, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, that's why when you were saying like, oh, I'm from, I, I think you said Tokyo, if you, I think yeah. you said Tokyo. Yeah, I was just like, I'm not from Tokyo. Like, I'm from Kansas, but I grew up with Samoans. So it's just like, uh, and I'm dyslexic. I was just like, you know what? I Never mind. <laughs> I'm not going to get into that right now. But I think that, I think that's what we need people to understand. It's like, we can, it goes back to um, what um, that famous quote always says, you know, you know, a threat to justice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. And none of us can be free unless all of us are free. So that yeah. means that, Though that you are the oppressed person in that version, you need to make sure you're doing everything in your efforts to be make sure you're a good accomplice across the board. That way, we don't even need the terms accomplices and allies. We could just say, "Okay, cool." Now yeah. we can get to the now we can get to the root issue, um, okay. and that just bleeds into that just kind of bleeds into like our next subject. Um, so, I think it was like what? Okay, so 2016. Uh, I'm not going to say his name. If you want to call his, say his name, completely up to you. But, you know, 45, it's an office. Uh, he told Mexico, y'all are dirty. You guys send your rapists, your drug dealers, your murderers. We're going to build a wall. Y'all going to build, y'all going to pay for it. But we're going to, yeah, we're going to build this wall. You know what I'm saying? Um, did you just choke <coughs> on your vegan beer? What, is that, is that what happened? No, I just sit down. <laughs> I okay. didn't choke. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you I mean, just like a really long exhale. It was like the last sip of it. I was like, <sighs> I just hope you're okay. Like I was just like, anything like your camera glitch. I was just like, did she just die? Like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> but um, okay. So, but you know, forty five gets in office. He's awful. He's got. A, I found out he combs his hair over in three different directions. It looks ridiculous. It makes my dyslexia hurt. Um, it it's it looks awful. Um, but. And then, you know, the pandemic happens. Um, <clears throat> he called it, he called COVID-19 um, the China virus, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, that turned the heat up on you guys. Um, and I'm just going to be, I'm going to keep it a buck with you. And I always tell people it's, it's the same argument I have with somebody about like what's happening in Palestine, for instance. It's like, y'all want me to address fires across the water when there's fires in my own camp. Um, I be, I'm keeping it a buck 50 with you. I did not know y'all were being brutalized for COVID-19 or better yet, um, 45s weaponizing COVID-19 until maybe, I think it was like July of last year, but the pandemic was here since like, well, 
COVID was here since like late in what December or so. Um, if you wanted to um kind of talk about that a little bit, like what was what was that like for you? Cause I mean, like, I'm you know, I get it, you know what I'm saying? Where somebody's just like, uh, you are sickness, you know. We had it with Ebola, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I understand, but um talk. <laughs> It's not funny, but I remember people coming out of nowhere going, Ebola, and I'm like, you're a jackass, but <laughs> but nah. um, talk to, me, talk to me a little bit about like what that was like for you, Um, I, what were you going through mentally, emotionally, and also, once again, if you want to address 45, that's completely up to you, but if you wanted to talk about like what impact that had on you in your life, the, the, the screen is yours. Yeah, I mean... Personally speaking, I haven't experienced anything that where I felt that I was in danger, which is great. Um, also, because like I don't go outside that much anymore. Um, and so I've been lucky in that sense. But I freaking I called it. I the first time I heard somebody say that I was like, do not say that like that is dangerous. That is not OK. It's going to lead to something that is harmful. Um, and of course, nobody listened to me. Um, actually, that like brings up a good point in that um, the thing for women of color is that so many people refuse to listen to us, one, because we are, um, you know, minorities, and two, because we're women. So it's like doubly like people don't care to listen to us. And I've double minority. Yep. Double yes. minority for sure. I've cried about this to my partner a few times um, because like as a white man, like he is has access to, to people listening to him more. Um, I've experienced this before, um, like, especially with his friends from back home, um, just like, where I will say something uh, and like, nobody will like really acknowledge it. And then he will say the same thing and people are like, Oh, oh okay yeah that makes sense like yeah you're right yes and like just like how i've seen that so many times like where yeah. a woman will come up with a good idea and then just not even just a man of a not even um man from the island of caucus but just a man <laughs> in general will say yeah i'm sorry um <laughs> but just when a man says they're like that sounds good they affirm him they validate him and everything like that and you're oh, like, you like just wait a minute i just said that i said that like <laughs> <laughs> 20 minutes ago <laughs> oh goodness yeah mm. and like like he is is so great and that he um is like very much on on the board with everything that i'm talking about um and and will speak up about these things but like this is another thing too um that i think needs to be said is that we do need uh, men and people on board with what we're talking about as women of color because like the unfortunate reality is that people just like straight up are not listening they don't care about what we have to say um and like i i want to change that i do but like in the meantime we do need people like men and white people on board with what we're saying because like people are just not willing to hear what i'm saying people are not willing to hear what black women are saying what hispanic women are saying but if somebody else is like amplifying our voices or is like like hey i learned this and we need to talk about it then people are so much more willing to listen to it um and it's just like so unfortunate but it is like a reality right now 
Yeah, and that's like that's something that I've learned. Like, I think I sent you a vid- video of this. Like, this I'm not gonna call him fat. He has fat. He has eyebrows. He's not eyebrows. But there was this larger gentleman that was a pastor, um, and he was saying all these misogynistic things. But he's a pastor. You know what I'm saying? He's a Christian. So me myself felt compelled one because I'm a man, and two I'm a cri- well I'm a Christian first, and I'm a man second. Well, Christian first and a black man second. But um. I was like, yo, this is an issue. And I didn't grow up in a church, so I didn't really know about misogyny in within like Christian circles. But I was like, yo, this is a legit problem because the misconception I've learned, especially with like toxic masculinity and especially, and I can only imagine it's probably, it runs even deeper being a woman of Japanese descent. Like they, because they think, oh, well, you're a woman. You could just, pardon me if this sounds kind of like, harsh or or like brash but like oh you could just sleep your problems away you know what i'm saying like you could just do this that you know and i'm not trying to like throw that on accuse you of it yeah yeah yeah. i'm not trying to like um accuse you of that any means but like that i've learned that that's like a that's a a assumption where they're like oh well man if you're pretty like you're a girl and you're pretty you could just sleep your problems away but that's not true you know what I'm saying? Right. And plus, the fact that you have to do that is the issue. So even when you hear the language that like men use, I'm like, do y'all not get it that even when you say that out loud and it doesn't register in your brain that that is a problem? Like, that's awful. But um, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's tough. Um, and like, so often, you know, like, women of color get invalidated like oh you're hysterical and and like this is another thing too is that like white women also can be very dangerous to women of colors um movements right because like they're like oh girl power girl boss like girls like like we like stand for girls and like do you stand for girls because the second a woman of color says something that you don't like you burst into tears or you invalidate them or you say hey like you could just say that a little bit nicer like you just need to be nice um (laughs) no 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 no. i no i hear you because i i was telling no, no, and I'll double down on that. It, it, I tell people all the time, like, a white woman's tears is one of the most dangerous things in this country. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially if somebody, like, oh, you seem a bit aggressive. Like, the fact that, and, like, as you, I'm acknowledging that you are a double minority, but, like, you know, white women can be... A, a white women can be assertive and be marked as spunk, spunky. You guys are assertive and your B-words your c words all this other stuff it's just like that's trash yo my goodness yeah it's really dangerous to you know women of color like yes solidarity with women absolutely but we need intersectionality within feminism and what's great about them like i am you know i think that feminism is so wonderful because it's not just about women and like so many people have this misconception that it's just focusing on women and like no it's so beneficial for men too because it's the patriarchy is damaging and harmful for men for men's mental health for men's like self-awareness for men's emotional intelligence like the patriarchy is what's damaging like men's ability to be 
um, in tune with like quote unquote femininity because they're so afraid of being labeled as like too feminine or like not masculine enough. And that's, um, that's a product of the patriarchy. That's why feminism is so important because it's so beneficial, not only for women, but also for men. Yeah, it's the equivalent to like when I tell people like anti-racism is necessary. Why? Because of racism. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I definitely I definitely get that for sure. Um, but yeah, I just ah, that's just that's just terrible. Like uh, when I say like th it's terrible, like I that's why like I'm so willing to like I have so I'll, I don't know if you want to be added to this group chat, but like I literally am in a group chat with like all of like my sisters of color I've met through the TikTok universe, and I just sit there and I listen to them, and I'm just like, God, men suck, <laughs> and I'm just like, you know what? I want to be involved. <laughs> I do want to be a part of that. Oh Lord Jesus! Well, we'll talk about this offline, but uh, my goodness. Um, so I wanted to touch on this. Because this seems to be, this seems to be an issue in my community, and I guess, and you kind of touched on it a little bit earlier. What she said, don't scare her from the group chat. Nah, the group chat is lit. It's just y'all were up till three o'clock in the morning terrorizing people. Like, <laughs> I want to be in it. I ain't scared. Oh my, oh my, it's not. It's not about being scared. It's just the fact that like, like, I'm like, how are you guys doing this? They're gonna have to die. I'm like, what happened? <laughs> I just went to go poop. What happened? <laughs> but uh oh my god. Um, but this is um something. Um, and yeah, Tyler, I was late getting home. I had an anxiety attack. My 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 had to like calm me down. It was bad. That's besides the point. <laughs> Only when they deserve it. We're not gonna talk about this right now. Um <laughs> but one of the things I wanted to ask you about because I've noticed this in my own community. And you kind of touched on it a little bit earlier. Um, so I don't believe this. I don't think I don't like to I don't like to define blackness for other people. Does that make sense? Um, so when I say that, my blackness don't gotta look like your blackness, you know what I'm saying? Um, but there's been like this weird thing, and you don't speak on this because I don't I don't want I don't want my people to come for you. Let so let's not do that. And if y'all come for my sister, well then I you know this cross is coming off. Um, but you said that um so the issue that I've noticed lately on TikTok is there seems to be like people policing other people's blackness, in which I ain't hating. Y'all just be quiet. Um <laughs> but um I've noticed that like there seems to be like this like uptick of people like policing people's blackness mainly because if you are black and you date outside your race you're not considered pro-black mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying um and i don't know if you guys have a coin necessarily and i just found out i still don't know why they call you guys yellow so i'm not gonna address you as yellow um yes, but um i it's just i it just sounds stupid because as i see you right now like you're I'm pretty sure if you got tan, you got darker than me. I don't know. Um, but I don't know if you guys have a coin for like pro Asian or pro API or something like that. Only because I identify in blackness. I never really just owned my um, Polynesian side. But what is that? Like, how do you feel about that as far as like, because you said that your partner is white, for instance. Um, has anybody tried to invalidate your cause 
and maybe you could speak to that and validate your cause because you are dating a white man. Um, I don't yes. know if you wanted to talk 100%. about that a little bit. Um, this is like actually a really interesting thing that plays into the patriarchy, right? Um, and so a little background, um, Asian men have been traditionally seen as like asexual um, and like not sexual beings, which is not fair um, because um, back in the day, um, there were a lot of, uh, because there is, um, dang, I'm forgetting the name of the act right now, but there is an act, um, a law that was put into place that prevented Asian women from immigrating to this country because they were seen as prostitutes. Um, and so because of that, a lot of Asian men started dating, um, white women because like, what else are they, who else are they going to date? Um, and because of that, there became, you know, a lot of controversy around that white men were threatened and then they started passing around this myth that asian men you know are asexual and not sexual enough um and on the other side asian women have been hypersexualized and fetishized um and seen you know as like prostitutes or sex workers um and so there's a lot of discord between men and women within the asian community because of that um and then also um like asian men love to bring up the statistic that like asian women and white men couples are like the highest um like couples in the country so like asian women are the reason why asian men are deemed as asexual and they're the reason why um asian people are viewed as such because because Asian women are dating white men. And now, yes, and I have 100% gotten a ton of comments just being like, oh, you're dating a white man, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, you're not Asian enough, you hate Asian people, like you hate yourself, you're a self-hating race traitor, you know, whatever. Um, and that is like, okay, so you are trying to place your idea of Asian-ness onto me, right? And I see this a lot too. Um, like, oh, you're, you're, um, white passing. So you don't get a say in like what I, what an Asian issues or you're white passing. So you don't get a say in black issues. Like I might be, they, they might be white passing to you, but they're not white passing to white people. Like it, and that's very clear and that's very obvious. Um, I'm going to let you know right now, like my sisters that are in this group chat, I spoke of, they're about to blow up the comment section. Like, yes, yes, girl. Yes. Like, cause we talk about this all the time. Um, yeah. but go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> and it's just like, Hey, like if I am speaking, like, of course there are going to be interracial couples that are problematic and that continue to play into white supremacy. Like that's always going to happen because like, that's the standard that we're living in right now. But of course, <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> yes. But like the issue with your black and white thinking is that you refuse to acknowledge that Asian women, especially women who are outspoken on social media and like outspoken on TikTok or whatever, who do speak up about Asian issues, that they are able to, they have the self-awareness, they are able to determine whether or not they're playing to white supremacy or whether they're not. And that's the case, of course, with like a lot of, a lot of minorities is that we do have the self-awareness to do that. And a lot, and, and the issue again with like Asian women, and Asian men is that like Asian men love to harass Asian women every time they speak up about issues like, oh, you're probably dating a white man. When, you know, on Reddit, Asian men are crowdfunding an Asian man, white woman 
porno, which is just playing into this idea that like whiteness is, is ideal. And that, you, you know what I'm saying? Like that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, I don't know anything I, about porn, but go ahead. <laughs> there, yeah. I mean, like that's what's happening. Um, and so I think what's so interesting is that like people fail to see the nuance within situations. Like you do not know my relationship. You don't know other people's relationships. Of course there are relationships that continue to uphold the system of white supremacy. And of course that's going to happen because that's the standard. But with that being said, you have no right to tell me that I'm playing into white supremacy um, when you don't know who I am. Um, you see what I talk about. Um, and that's like a pretty ridiculous assumption to invalidate all the things that I'm saying because of who I'm dating. Like the, the, I thought the whole point, right, of like anti-racism is that like we should be free to make the choices in our life that we want to without any barriers. Um, and that's not happening right now. That like people now seem so focused on like tribalism. Um, and like, if you're not within our tribe, then you like, you don't belong. Um, and that's just as, that's harmful. That is just as harmful. It's harmful for women. It's harmful. And, and this happens a lot with mostly the women in the communities, you know, like if Asian men date a white woman, they're like, yes, like you get it. And Asian women dates a white man, like, fuck you. You're a race traitor. You hate yourself. You hate Asian people. Um, and I've seen this with black women too. Like if a black woman is dating a white man, then like, oh, like, fuck you. You're not black enough. Like, don't understand issues. Um, and I think that that's just taking a whole step back in, in this movement. Yeah, it's... um. I think the thing that's annoying about it, <clears throat> and I always tell people, um, representation has nothing to do with agenda. Why Candace Owens? That's all I got to yeah. say. Um, <laughs> and then if you want to go a step further, I mean, I don't want to know this kid's name. He's kind of a tool bag. I would love to have him on here just to debunk him altogether, but... I don't know enough about Asian rhetoric, so I'm not going to. Um, but like, I've seen like there's an uptick in, for instance, with like um, Asian conservatives that are like, oh well, you know what? Maybe if, maybe if um, my people had different masks, they wouldn't get assaulted for being Asian. It's like so you're telling them that they need to whitewash themselves to not be assaulted for being how they were born. That's and they're telling them that they are self-hating race traitors for doing so. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it's just, I think, oh my goodness. She said, yes, I want to be in there. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Um, but yeah, man, I think that's, um, and I've gotten that too. I mean, I don't want to compare boo-boos and say men got it worse or women got it worse as far as like, oh, if I date outside my race, I just think that's so dumb because like, you know, you, and you obviously we see color. Yes. But nine times out of 10, if I'm going to be with somebody, it's because of personality traits. You could look like a 10, but your, your, your personality is a negative four. Then I don't want to deal with you. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's, I, get, that's like, I just get so many Asian men, like, you know, because I, I make videos about white supremacy and the impact of white supremacy. And they're like, well, you can't talk. Like, you're dating a white man. Like, like you are just playing into white supremacy. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. And, like, 
no, like I'm Asian first before I am, you know, whatever you think I am. Um, I'm Asian before like who, then that counts more before like, you know, who I'm being. Um, and that is irrelevant to the conversation. If I am playing to white supremacy, you would probably know I would not be speaking about these issues. I wouldn't be aware of the the problems within these types of of conversations. It, it, it just doesn't make any sense to me. It's just so it's it's just incredibly misogynistic. Absolutely. And then not even that. It's like I think you said it earlier. Um, they also need to not diminish you to a point to think that you would not know if your boy was tripping. Like if he came home with the KKK hood and a Confederate flag, like I think you'd be like, hey, honey, um, F you doing? What is that doing here? You know what I'm saying? Uh, I think that they need to trust that you know what you're going to let into your life. I'm not going to talk right. about your body, but like I think that they need to have that much trust in you or better yet, that's speaking more out of their insecurities. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's, um, more, they, that's more of a sexist issue, right? Like you don't trust women to make the decisions that are best for themselves. Um, and you don't trust that. So you project your own like beliefs about my relationship onto me, which is, you know, inaccurate. That's not fair. Yeah, that I think that's um and that I think that's super important. Um yeah, cuz I've been it just makes me mad. I'm just like, yo, I guarantee you guys would not be happier if she was dating an Asian dude and he was a piece of sh you know what I'm saying? I guarantee right. you would. So Exactly. So and like based off your comments, if you want me to date like you are not making me want to date you because yes. thing. like why would I want to date somebody who's commenting shit like that on my posts. Like, no, <laughs> what are you trying to prove here? Yeah, it's it's just dumb, man. It's just like, head. that's when I say headbutt a knife. Like I have no words for you, just headbutt a knife. Just go away, <laughs> just go away. Um, yeah, that's, so one of the things I wanted to talk about, um, especially since it's, um, you know, mental health awareness month and everything like that. Um, I think that this is a very important conversation, um, considering that, you know, us being people of color, but you're a therapist, you know what I'm saying? Um, I'm not going to invalidate what, you know, knowledge wise, just because you're a music therapist. Cause I'm not a music therapist. Like I, 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 I make beats. <laughs> I make beats and I rap, you know what I'm saying? Um, but one of the things I want to talk about is like the importance of, you know, self-awareness, mental health um, awareness and everything. Because as we talked about earlier, like the reason that we need to talk about our experiences, because we need to explain to people that what we go through is not normal, but it's being normalized. Um, so one of the things that I wanted to ask you, and I also want people to chime in. I think this would be really important. I think I told you that we were going to have this too. Um, people in the comment section, you know, if you do have any questions for um, my Abe, that's how you pronounce your last name, correct, my yeah. sister? Abe. Yeah. Okay. What I, what I say earlier, Abe, I was completely wrong. Um, <laughs> a lot of man, people say that. Tyler, can you leave me alone? I was late. I had a meeting. I, you, nigga, you know I'd be in a do-rag and sweatpants right now. My goodness. <laughs> 
is your is your is your vape is your vape juice vegan too? I got it. I got it. Is it? I think so. I think so. We need to talk about though. I've been trying to quit. Oh no, I'm not judging, girl. <laughs> what you mean? <laughs> but um, and not even that. You, you're a per you're a woman of color in this country. I'm surprised you didn't smoke Blizzy on here. That's besides the point, though. Um, but um, so one of the things I want to talk about is like, you know, what do you do to like take care of yourself, nurture your mind? Um, you know, what I'm saying I call this like mental fit fitness, um, emotional fitness. What do you do? Like when these things happen, not because you want them to happen, but like set things up as far as preparation um, as a woman of color in this country, especially with this uptick with the um, pandemic. And I call it the pandemic and the clandemic with three Ks. Um, what do you do to take care of yourself up here? Because this, you know, this bleeds into everything else. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so what do you do? Um, and not, and you know, if you just had anything as far as like how you take care of yourself, regardless if it has anything to do with just you being Asian, but it mm. plays a lot into your existence, but what advice could you give or what things do you do personally that you do to take care of yourself during this time? Yeah. So, I mean, I go to therapy. Um, every therapist should have a therapist. I think that that's really important. I don't trust therapists that don't go to therapy or have never been to therapy. Just saying. Interesting. You're probably <laughs> literally the only therapist I've ever heard say that. But then again, really? I don't interview a lot of. Then again, I also don't interview a lot of therapists, and I don't ask therapists about their life. So, like, yeah, I know that my therapist, <laughs> like, I know my therapist just had a kid. That's it. Yeah. I don't no, even know. Anything. I'm here. Really I'm paying you. <laughs> for all therapists to go to therapy, like, we should understand what that. I mean, like, nobody is perfect. We all have our insecurities and our troubles, like, and we should have a place to process that. Um, and I think it's especially important as a therapist to be in that position where you are, you know, the client and you're getting therapy and to understand what it's like to be in those shoes. Um, so therapy, I think is really important. Um, and I know that it's not like super accessible to everybody, which is fortunate. Um, but other things that I like to do, um, I started biking recently. Um, biking's been really fun. Um, I don't like spend, I used to like go out a lot and I used to like go out to bars a lot and those are really fun. Um, but the more the pandemic has like continued on the more that i realized like that i'm more of an introvert than i really thought that i was <laughs> like oh, i always girl, girl, like, let me tell you something I, I uh i don't like people i'm a social i'm a social vegan and i avoid meat do you understand me i just i just <laughs> i avoid meetups altogether so i feel you there <laughs> yeah um so that's been kind of an interesting like life change for me um you know i play a lot of music um i like to cook um that's another thing that i i like to do for myself so just like keeping different making sure that you have interests that um are fulfilling for you right like don't you don't always have to be learning you don't always have to be doing something new you can just like do things that are relaxing for you sometimes i i always like i shut off everything all work-related stuff after like six or seven um and like even though my work is really fulfilling and i love what i'm doing like it's important to me that i keep like a proper work and life balance gotcha is that your dog over there that's like um 
doing the Cupid shuffle over there? Is that why why you're like shooing off in the distance? Oh yeah, he's he's over there, and my partner just walked in too, so that's why I looked over there. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, it was to say. Um, so my one of my one of the the my sisters in the group chat, she says, "Do you have any book recommendations as far as handling mental stress of being a POC in America?" Mm. So one I have, but this is like specifically for Asian Americans, so it may not apply to you. It's called um, Minor Feelings. Um, I don't know. I don't have a ton of book recommendations specifically about being a POC. Um, but what know- about just like, like I guess like just mental health books? If you have anything, that might be helpful too. Yeah, um, The Body Keeps the Score is a really, really good one. Um, mm. I, have, I think like all, all therapists read that. That's like a standard one that we all read. Um, what else? Um, I, I am actually a huge fan of Brene Brown. Um, a lot of her work is like pretty westernized. Um, so if you have grown up in like an Eastern collectivist culture, it may not uh, speak to you as much. But as somebody who has grown up in the U.S., it's really been like just so. Um, one of her books, I think it's like, I thought it was just me, um, which is specifically for women. Um, and it's about like, just being a woman within a patriarchal society, um, and understanding that, you know, we're not alone in our struggles. Um, so I thought that that was like a really, really great one. Oh, I don't know what the hell this is. And let me just, uh, okay, put you in timeout. Thank you. Sorry about that. Um, but I actually, I actually read that book. Um, <clears throat> I actually read that book, The Body Keeps the Score, um, mm-hmm. last summer. It's definitely a good one. Um, also, because you're a music therapist, I don't, I know that for, I don't know if I told you. So, um, I call him my little older brother. Um, I have a brother that's, well, I pretty much like I adopted, just like I adopted you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but I have a brother that's 33, but intellectually he's three. He has a TBI. Um, and he takes like music therapy and stuff like that. And my mom's probably like, like, oh my goodness, I have so many questions. Um, but, um, I know for instance, for me, like I mentioned before, like I have um, bipolar two disorder and stuff like that. There's a lot of consistency that plays into part to taking care of myself and prepping myself in case of an episode and stuff like that. Um, and there's like a music playlist, for instance, I listen to, um, what do you listen to? when you find yourself being kind of worked up on edge, um, that might be helpful during this time. If you even have like a playlist, if you wanted to drop in the comment section, um, that's up to you too. Yeah. So this is what's so interesting about me is that like, I actually um, prefer silence sometimes. Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with like how music is like so much a part of my work. And I do so much music during the day that um, a lot of times when I'm stressed, I just kind of need a little bit of silence. (laughs) <laughs> that's important though that is important though especially like when you get worked up like i i do it with my grounding technique and plus i have synesthesia so sometimes i'm just like could everything just like shut up like yeah. like i mean literally just like shut the f up um yeah. that's that's funny it's kind of like <laughs> i remember when um i used to work landscaping and like i cut grass like 15 hours a day the last thing i want to do is like even cut my own hair like if it <laughs> if it's a, if it revolves around like that the whole day i yeah that does make a lot of sense interesting yeah yeah um 
and you know, I, I, music is still like a big coping strategy for me. And I love playing music and I love playing my own music, but um, especially just cause like I spend so much time playing music. Uh, there's a, a, the majority of the time, like when I'm just relaxing, I usually try to do it in silence. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, and this one, um, and because your boy just came home, so I'm just gonna hit you with some quick hitters and everything like that. Um, so I usually ask these, um, especially when I'm doing like individual. Um, and I think I'm gonna switch up for you because you, you as a fellow musician, I'm gonna switch up my quick hitters for this one. Okay. Um, musical theater how i want to attack this i usually ask people their top five like rappers and stuff but oh hmm. i love hip-hop and rap so i i got you on that one. oh okay Alrighty then all right so i'll do this we'll okay. do top five east coast and west coast Ooh, i'm more of like an east coast gal though you know nope, i don't care you said it you said hip-hop you gotta give me <laughs> you gotta give me a five in each and they don't have to go in order either Okay, um, let's see. Well, um, MF Doom, Tribe Called Quest, J Dilla, Outcast. I know that's like a South Southern, but um, Outcast. Um, who else? Um, Madlib. Um, let's see. Who else? I'm and that's to... for you got. I heard you say Dilla. That's your East Coast. I guess so. I don't like. I, I'm gonna I'm I'm bad about this because like I'm not always like a hundred percent positive about whether they're East Coast or West Coast. Tribe call it tribe is East Coast, obviously. Um mm -hmm. most F East Coast. Um Dilla, I guess he would count as like East Coast, right? Because he's based in Detroit, kind of. It's like, well, somebody you know. tried to do my my brother I had on here last week tried to say that um, Lupe isn't considered East Coast because Chicago doesn't claim East Coast, but I'm like, okay, but I mean, deal is choice on this. Enough. Like I would. Yeah, still thank you, thank you, Nate. If you're watching this, thank you. Okay, like <laughs> shut up. <laughs> uh, yeah, and what else I said? Then I said Outcast. So that's like southeastern. I would I would consider. Um, and then let's see, West Coast. Oh, did I say MF Doom already? MF Doom is not West Coast, but that's like one of my favorite rappers. Um, he died in secrecy. I'm still mad about that. Like, that he died, that he died. You didn't know he died? He died. No, I, I knew he died, but like, I'm mad about it. I thought that's what you were talking about. Yeah, well, he did. Well, because apparently he died back in October and we didn't hear about it till like January. So I I'm like, what do you mean? No. I was like, y'all just, I was so upset. I was like, yo, who else died? Damn it. I haven't seen. I know. Like, what the heck? Nobody uh, told me about that one. Mm, that's awful. <laughs> uh, let's see. Who else do I like? Um, I like Frank Ocean, the Fugees, um, Beastie Boys. I know they're East Coast, but like, I got to talk about them. Um, Beastie Boys. How many did I say? Three. Tupac, obviously. Um, who else? I guess a juvenile. I know. I know he's like New Orleans, but I still, I still want to put him in there. All right. Um, um, you might catch hell because I'm gonna remind people. So she is from New York, and she did not say Biggie or Jay Z. Um, that's. <laughs> that's... Like, but she's not my favorite. I know. 
That, but you can't. You gotta. You know. Um. Oh man. Like machine gun funk. Um. Just any of the blueprints. But that's fine. I love that you gave me non-conventional answers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I do. Yeah. Like, yeah. I want to say I don't like Biggie, but like I. I just like. I don't know. Like I got into him a little bit later than like I. I the first like rap group that I really got into was Tribe Called Quest. I, I I respect it. It's just like, but the, you know what the funny thing is, and I said this last week. I wasn't really a Tupac fan. I knew like I commercially, I only know three songs. I never really that big was. I was really never that big in his catalog. And people give me hell for it. I'm like, okay, fight me. I'm like, deal with it. I just wanted yeah. to give you some shit about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do like Tupac, but like, I would say like my favorite favorite, or probably like MF Doom um and tribe those are like my top two gotcha gotcha um hmm now this is just album to album um not album i'm artist to artist so um, solange or her what what kind of what kind of yep. like question yep. is that i said what um, i said go ahead okay i'm gonna say her you passed already. Okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> I, I was love nervous. Solange. Solange, like- yeah, but her, yeah, but her, man, like I, like I hear slavery in her voice when she sings. But that's besides the point. So <laughs> I served Solange. She came to my restaurant um, when I was working in New Orleans, and I served her. Um, and also, one of my friends used to nanny her kids, and I heard that she like wasn't like that nice. So, <laughs> I mean, she. You didn't see how she two piece Jay Z in the elevator. I think we yeah. knew that. Like, he deserved that one. Though. Yeah, but we we got we got three great albums out of it. You know what I'm saying? That's Seat at the true. table, lemonade, and four forty four. So true, there's true. that. Um, let's see. Mm. This might you might catch hell for this. Uh Frank Ocean or Kid Cudi? <sighs> <laughs> oh man i i like kind of am leaning towards Cuddy because i went to his concert when i was in high school and like that was really cool uh, but frank ocean yeah I but i'm tired frank. of waiting every presidential term for him to give me music he's playing with my emotions <laughs> i do love Cuddy though i love both of them gotcha i think gotcha. you're gonna go with Cuddy. yeah Alrighty, alrighty. Um, hmm. Pink or Britney Spears? Uh, Britney, just because. What? Gone. Okay, hear me out. Just like I love. I think Pink's music is like so like affirmative and um, validating. But with Britney, like she just like has had it so tough. I just like feel for Britney. Uh, I know, but musicality-wise, it'd probably be Pink. But like, just like person-wise, like Britney, I just like. Wait, that's about personalities. Like, (laughs) that's the therapist in you. I know. (laughs) Trying to appeal to her. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She's appealing to her humanity. What kind of nonsense is this? I don't really like either of their music that much, to be honest. Uh, Yeah. Just. Oh man. And Pharrell made her her career, so that's besides the point. Yeah. Um, and because I mean, I want to keep doing this, and I'm going to continue to do this. Um, 
even after May is over, because I believe Black History Month is every month. I think we should celebrate, um, you know, Asian excellence, if that's a thing. I don't know if that is. I'm probably going to catch hell for that. But if you wanted to see me interview somebody on this podcast, especially from the AAPI community, who would it be? But your answer has to be somebody you have a connection with that you can get on here, basically. Who would that be? Um, I feel like Charlotte would be good. You know Charlotte Young? I don't think I do, actually. No, I do not. What, what does she, like, do? Like, what is she about? Answer, but she does a lot of talking about um, Asian American issues. Um, you, you guys would get along, I think. Nice, nice. All right. Um, first off, um, thank you, Sister Mai. I appreciate you dealing with my neuroticness um, as I was panicking with my... Yo, I really don't know what happened, bro. Like, it's just... I have focus right. I see. I need to invest in a Yeti. They're only like fifty dollars, but my focus right was tripping. Um, I appreciate you being patient with me, um, okay. with everything like that. And also, thank you for coming on here. This was a dope conversation. I love that. Even though we talked about serious stuff, we were able to like laugh. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I'm definitely gonna go back here and like take a couple of sound bites and put them on TikTok because it was funny. <laughs> um, but um, thank you for coming on here. I think this was this was really, really good. This was really, really fruitful. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was fun. I always love having conversations like this. That's what's up. And um, do you got like an album or something coming out? Cause you got a little bit of like, what you got, let me check this out real quick. Like you got a Yeti, you got a, what kind of computer is that? If you don't mind me asking. Um, this is uh, my partner's MacBook. Um, I think it's like a MacBook Pro or something. Yeah, um, but you're next to it technically yours so like yeah well he's got logic on it that's why it's up here because like we make beats up here haven't made a beat in a little while just because i've been a little burnt out but this is where we usually do it yeah i i've been retired from music for a good good minute so i understand but all right so you be making beats let me We'll talk later. They're not good. Don't like. No, 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 no. Don't you do that. Don't you do that. Don't you. Look, man. Don't look here. All right. I didn't. Look, I always tell people. um, (laughs) I tell people, you know, you can sing. It's all about if people like your singing. You know what I'm saying? Some people might like your beats. So let's not do that. You know, beats or producers are kind of like, you know. Pretty much as far as like the music that they make, they're kind of like fingerprints. They all look the same, but they're all different in their own way. So let's not do that because there might be some, there might be some cheesy like there might be some cheesy lean sipping rapper that like Mike Cobb a beat. He goes triple platinum, and, and you don't got to work for it. You don't know. <laughs> but that's what's up. And um, where can people find you at? I see you got your handle on TikTok, but in case. That's my handle for TikTok. That's my handle for Instagram too. Um, I also have my business page. It's LinkedIn, my bio. So if you want to check that out, feel free. That's more of a music therapy and mental health focused. Um, my personal on uh, TikTok is like very mental health, AAPI, social justice focused. My Instagram is like very social justice focused. But if you're looking for more mental health stuff, then you can check out my uh, business page. It's called Creative Vibes MT. And oh, I, it's like on and YouTube. I, 
I got you because I didn't put that in the description. That was a bad part on my part, but I'll put it in the chat and I'll put it in the description in case anybody wanted to check you out. Um, Sister Mai, once again, thank you. Abe, I got your name right because I was definitely, I definitely was like, uh, I was like, it's Abe, it's Abe, it's Abe. English, not my first language. And then you were like, it's Abe. I was like, damn it. (laughs) People make that mistake a lot, so no worries. Okay, that's what's up, man. And for everybody that's watching right now and are going to watch this in the future, um, thank you for being respectful, except for this one idiot that said, thank you for keeping your social distance six feet. You're in the comment section, you tool bag. Um, I don't even know who that was. Um, But thank you, everybody, for tuning in tonight. Um, I'm going to be back here tomorrow for episode 10 of the BIPOC solidarity episodes it's gonna be fun we're talking about oh my god so i don't know if you heard about this system i heard of this cat named this white dude named david bond by chance oh i heard about him i heard about him on tiktok oh we're getting into him tomorrow like it's uh it's, i'm not gonna have to do any work i'm just going to click 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 switching cameras angles and stuff and making sure people are getting heard that's it but thank you everybody for tuning in tonight um this was good this was fruitful hopefully you know you picked up something from this um once again i want to um thank you my abe i got your name right this time (laughs) and you know she you know she's a pretty dope person you definitely should check your check her content out not only does she talk about this stuff when the camera's not on, meaning like off of cameras and everything like that. But I could just tell that this is about her work as well. So um, other than that, sister, you got to be safe out there. You know what I'm saying? Um, everybody you. else, always remember you are beautiful, blessed, and beloved. Raisins don't go on potato salad. Did you know that somebody puts grapes in potato salad? Um, don't yuck their yum. <laughs> in, in potato salad. I don't know. I've never had that, but I'm just going to say don't yuck their yum, I guess. That's their thing. Okay. Right. (laughs) Raisins don't go on potato salad, neither do grapes, and Jesus wasn't white.